funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv riffing, callers and sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest people I know. Hello, world. Welcome to the Funniest People I Know podcast and radio show. I'm George Coolers, and today here with me are some really funny people I'm so happy to see. On the line, we've got Alexandria Sweat. How you doing, Alex? I'm making it. <laughs> I'm doing all right, though. And from his closet in Midtown Atlanta is TJ Jackson. What's up, TJ? Hey, George. Happy Independence Day. Are we celebrating it this year? I think I heard it got canceled, though. I'm so. not. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> all holidays matter. <laughs> Then joining us from East Atlanta is one of my favorite people and literally one of the funniest people I know, the wonderful Sarah Breezy. How are you doing, Sarah? Hi, everybody. I'm good. It's nice to talk to other humans without a mask on. I lost a bunch of weight and cut things and nobody has seen it. Well, you're looking really great. Thanks. Sarah is literally one of my favorite comedians. I was a huge fan of yours, Sarah, before we even met. I had this huge professional comedy crush on you. I love every time we hang out or work together. You're just so funny to me. Sarah's a genius improviser. She has had a long-running improv show at Village Theater called The Salty Bees. Uh, She's done sketch comedy for a brief moment. She was a feature player on The Nonviolent Offenders with me and TJ. Just so excited to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us again. Hi. I went to Sarah's Vagina Monologue show, and it's the best. I don't know what theme or category you would put it in. Jazz? Cabaret? But I told everyone they must go because it is the best example across from, like, Samantha B comedy. It's, like, amazing feminist comedy. Is, can we call it that? Feminist comedy? Is that what it is? That's exactly what it is. We haven't been able to do a show in a while, but I hope we get to do one again. It's really fun to do it around election time and get nice and angry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We get really involved and we pick people up and we yell and we pretend to be vaginas and it's a lot of fun. You on stage just make me giggle the whole time. I'm just sitting there like, what's she about to say? What's she about to say? I just love watching you on stage. I think you're one of the funniest undiscovered talents in this city. Aw, thanks. That makes me feel young. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. George, I love that your fangirling is kind of like a puppy or kind of like Tucker. The way you just did that, it was very puppyish. I feel privileged to be friends with one of my favorite comedians. Well, thank you, George. You're one of my favorite people to work with. Before we get started with this week's episode, guys, we lost a comedy icon this week. Carl Reiner died on Tuesday at 98 years old. He was known for creating the Dick Van Dyke show, the movie The Jerk, and he was also in the Oceans movies. I don't know about you guys. I really liked his work. Dick Van Dyke show is fundamental in my comedy education. I watched it Mm -hmm. all the time as a kid, and I'm pretty sure the reason I do comedy writing is because I watched that show and I wanted to be in that writing room. They just looked like they were having so much fun and they were making money and they weren't doing any real work. And I was like, I want that job. So that's always been my Carl Reiner influence. Did anybody else watch Van Dyke? Yeah, I did. I did. No, but 
I did watch Mad About You, and I loved him in that show with Helen Hunt. He was, oh my God, so funny. He played his character from Big Van Dyke. Yeah. DJ, DJ, that's a picture of Paul Reiser. What? (laughs) (laughs) Who? (laughs) Paul Reiser. It literally says his name on that picture you just showed us. (laughs) Paul Reiser. (laughs) He's a legend. He's not dead. (laughs) <laughs> you love Paul Reiser. Well, we, we'll miss Carl Reiner and Paul Reiser. We're glad you're still with us. Um, we've been really good about coming up to you every week and giving you some good, funny, something to laugh at, even if the world is falling apart. But the world kind of fell apart for us last week. We thought we'd let you know what we had going on. Alexandria, you got laid off and that really sucks. I'm really sorry to hear that. How are you doing? Thank you, George. I'm doing okay. It's kind of weird. Of course, I feel like there's like a little blow or shock when you get laid off. But just given some of the things I'm interested in and some of the things that I want to get involved with, it may be for the best in a weird way. You guys know me. I try to look at things on the right side. We got a severance package, unemployment. They'll give me the little extra $600 until they're not. It's a thing that's happening in the industry, so I wasn't really surprised. That, to me, is one of the hardest parts about this pandemic. It's screwing over the arts community, and then we can't produce art, too, or, like, enjoy art collectively. It's going to be really good when we're through this, finally. Like, imagine the amount of awesome art that's being produced. We're not going to get to see until theaters are back open, and there's just going to be a ton of great content. Video content, theater content, people are having a good opportunity to work on their art because what else do you have to do, right? Shakespeare wrote a bunch of plays during a pandemic, so maybe our Shakespeare is just hard at work right now. What's Lin-Manuel Miranda been doing? I bet he's writing something really great that we're going to be excited to see. Mm-hmm. That's true. Is he our Shakespeare? I would say, yeah, he's Shakespeare, for sure. I'm going to have to come clean about something, you guys. I got affected by the pandemic in another way, y'all. Rona got me. I totally have coronavirus right now. What? Uh, no. no. Are you really? Sick in the bed wow. for a whole week. Yeah, I didn't have to go to the hospital. It was some mild case. We're waiting on the official results, but the doctor doesn't think it could be anything else. I am by myself, in isolation, no brown dog, no husband, just has been me in the bed watching Disney cartoons and Golden Girls till the last couple of days. And I finally feel like a human and I'm out of bed and don't have a fever. And so I'm going to be quarantined for another week here until I can go back into the world without making everybody sick. But yeah, it's been a hell of an experience. I'm one of the lucky ones. I did not have to go to a hospital. I didn't need a ventilator, but it definitely is one of the worst flus I've ever had in my entire life. Oh my God. So sorry. How's your breathing? Like, can you breathe? It didn't get me there. I didn't have the lung issues. I had the fevers, the body mm-hmm. ache, all the other symptoms, but the lung stuff that didn't get me there. I'm really thankful, but I've been, you know, taking my temperature like 20 times a day and watching my oxygen levels and... George? George? George! George! You'll appreciate this, Sarah. So I have been having these crazy fever nightmares every night. And I couldn't get any sleep, and they were really stressful. And there was one I had 
for two nights in a row, every single time I'd go to sleep, where I was making fried chicken for aliens. And that was really stressing me out. And so I started sleeping while watching the Golden Girls. And I had no dreams when I slept while watching the Golden Girls. So the only way I got sleep for the last four days was while having the Golden Girls in the background. So I have been binging that nonstop. I love it. I love the sound of the music that goes in between each scenes. That's a very calming show. I fall asleep to TV too. I listen to Seinfeld every night <laughs> or Frasier. And it used to be Friends, but now I just, I can't. I can't with Fat Monica. I just can't hear any more Fat Monica jokes ever in my life. And Golden Girls, actually. Golden Girls has a theme song, and that tends to wake me up sometimes. Frasier and Seinfeld just gets right in there. won't wake you up. Yeah, exactly. So if you're going to sleep through some TV, those are some good options. I went to the doctor, and I was like, I don't know. It might just be the flu. And he's like, not right now. Your odds are having coronavirus are better than having the flu. If you're sick Uh-oh. right now, June, July, you have coronavirus. That's what you're sick with. How do you think you got it? Well, you know, I work at a restaurant in North Georgia where wearing masks is not a virtue. And lots of people coming out. We have a really beautiful covered patio with mountain views, and it's packed every night. And no one is wearing a mask. I try to really be careful and limit my contact with customers. And everybody who's come in has seemed healthy. But at some point, somehow, I must have caught it from somebody who came in. I can't pinpoint it because I've been careful to stay six feet away from people. But I don't always wear a mask at work. And I had it coming. That's the honest truth is wear a mask. They're not lying. Everywhere else I went, I wore it. But sometimes at work, I didn't. He had it coming. <laughs> now is a great time for a musical number. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God, everybody. <laughs> we should do Coronavirus the Musical when we can all laugh about it. It'll be quite yeah. some time before that happens. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but I look forward to being at that day. That day will be nice when you can look back and laugh at this insanity. And speaking of getting through this pandemic, last time we had, were on the show, we were giving safe sex tips for sex during pandemic. And TJ, you proposed using Purell as lube. You said that, that would be a good way to stay safe. And I discouraged our audience from doing this until you tried it out and reported to us. So how did that go? Not well, George. It burned. <laughs> it, it's not comfortable, I must say. Everything is now sanitized for a very long time. <laughs> Was this a solitary experiment or did anybody else use it as well? Um, you are assuming that I do it with other people? No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's very lonely over here. So, no. But thank you for asking. That was nice. Thank you for answering. All right. Well, yeah. you heard it here first. Do not use Purell for that. <laughs> um, I have a question for Sarah. 
Have you ever heard of a hand sanitizer being used for anything else, working in your field? I work at a public health organization. We don't get a lot of individual stories. Hmm. Not about hand sanitizer. I was working on the COVID-19 response recently, the laboratory task force. So my job was to do communications about tests. One of the questions we got was somebody had left a bunch of bread out on the counter and he wanted to send it to us to see if we could test it for COVID. (laughs) Oh, hmm. Well, now you can report this back at work. We are happy to have helped your organization that will remain nameless. Mm -hmm. We want to know not to use Purell as Lou. That would be a great mass email to send out at work. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Or maybe we can just contact our president and he can get that message out to the world. I'm surprised our president hasn't suggested people try that, to be honest with you. That sounds right up the alley. Pretty close. Very on brand. Sarah, what have you been doing during this time to kind of remain funny? Are you working on any projects for when we reopen? My job that pays me, I was working literally 14-hour days for the month of April and the month of May and part of the month of June. So I literally had no time for most of the pandemic, and it almost seems like those months didn't even happen because I was just sitting at my computer for hours and hours and hours and hours. Some days I wouldn't go to the bathroom until like at all because it was an emergency. I just finished a couple weeks ago, so my goal is to write one sketch. What I've been doing is just texting my writing partner really terrible ideas. <laughs> but we're supposed to get back into writing. Our show that was actually canceled because of the pandemic, it was supposed to launch at the beginning of May called Existential Crisis. We were writing I just kind of how this time is a really weird time. Everyone just feels kind of uncertain. And then the pandemic happened. We started this whole concept pre-COVID. So COVID feeds right into this concept of existential uncertainty. So we have a lot of fodder to play with now. And we already had a lot of fodder talking about anything from climate change to how it's hard to make friends as adults. So we have a lot of fun stuff coming up in our next show. And I hope we get to do it soon in front of people. But if not, we'll definitely be filming some video sketches. Oh my God, I would love to see those. Yes. From the public health perspective, What is the best advice you can give us? People seem to think that this is over, and we definitely are far from over. I can tell you that from this week. What's the best thing that people can keep doing to stay safe? Stay home. (laughs) (laughs) If you do need to go out, absolutely wear a mask. And then obviously washing your hands, because there is some evidence that you can get it from a surface that you touch a lot. So sanitizing objects that you touch all the time is also important, but masks and staying home and it kind of sucks it's not fun to do anything that we used to do with a mask on it sucks but you gotta do Mm -hmm. what you gotta do we're not even allowed to go to europe they're not gonna let us (laughs) nobody's letting us in i was they said oh no america right now you were i was making plans in february to go to europe this summer and my husband chris was like hey, I don't think you're going to be going to Europe this summer. There's this virus in China, and I think it's going to become a big deal. And I was like, pish posh, you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) The exact same way I dismissed him when he came up to me one day, and he goes, I'm hearing stuff about Hillary's emails. And I was Mm -hmm. like, you don't know what you're talking about. So I've learned not to dismiss him. 
It certainly took two examples. And I was like, all right, fine. I guess I'll listen when you talk. <laughs> My husband is French and like, we're like, will we see his mom? We don't know. She might not be allowed to come see us and we might not be allowed to see. It's just weird. But I have never been so much TV in my life. It's just been great for me, really. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been watching really sad stuff. So I watched R. Kelly Part 2, the Epstein. Oh, Oh my God. I was fired up after that one. I watched the Hillary documentary, too. And I was like, man, Hillary would have been a good president. It was so good. It completely changed my perception of her. I voted for her, but I was a Bernie lover. So she wasn't quite progressive enough for me. Just watching her whole life and how important she was in the women's movement in the 70s and the 60s, I gained a whole new respect for her. Reliving 2016, remembering that night. And my husband, like, every time he walks through the room, he's like, what depressing are you watching now? (laughs) (laughs) Today I watched a documentary about anorexia on HBO. Ooh, you were just full of fun. Have you seen the Wiener documentary, Anthony Wiener documentary? <laughs> Oscar Mayer Wiener? Like... That one's on Netflix and it's so good. Oh my gosh. I just want to be really mad at men right now. I saw a meme that said that people were calling Corona Rona on the internet. And then somebody was like, no, this thing is Ron because it definitely has to be a man the way it's destructed everything. And I was Mm -hmm. like, yes, I've never felt that energy so much in my life right now. I love my husband. I love men. I love TJ. I love George. But I'm so mad right now. Everything is so infuriating. (laughs) Mm -hmm. For sure. Absolutely. Y'all know I love men, but... I think women (laughs) should be in charge of everything. I think we've done enough. We've seen the results of that. Just imagine how political parties would work completely differently if women ran Congress. I bet women could manage to figure out how to get something done better than Mitch McConnell. I think women should be in charge of everything for a long time. Just make men stay home and wear masks and not leave the house until we pull it all back together. Yeah, I agree. We've got Joe Biden, though. I was so excited. I really hoped there was going to be another woman that would run. We're just stuck with old Joe, Uncle Joe. After a trauma like what we've been through over the last few years, I think having Uncle Joe for a couple years to just give us all a big hug and be like, it'll be okay, will be nice. But then I think he should dip out after the midterms. I think he should, I can't do this anymore, and then let his lady vice president run the country for the next 10 years. Uh That's, I think, would be ideal. So here's hoping that Joe listens to the show and takes our advice. We've already told him he should put together an Avenger team for the election, and now he should do this. And if he needs anything else, and definitely Joe Biden, do not use Purell for anything but your hands. No, please don't. I have a feeling he already tried, though. We're not talking about that. We're moving on to our next topic. (laughs) Who do you think is going to be the VP pick? Oh, I think it's Abrams Mm, or Kamala. I think it's Kamala. A lot of people do not like Kamala. Her reputation as a prosecutor has not been favorable. There was another name that was thrown out there. She has a military background, and she's a representative. She has a connection with the police. and With everything going on right now, she could be a great candidate. Val Dennings. Mm-hmm. Val Dennings. Okay. Dimming. D-E-M-I-N-G-S. That'd be interesting. Yes. 
I don't know. At this point, I don't even know who I want. I just want it to be done. People yeah. keep dropping Keisha Lance Bottoms' name, and I'm um, like, y'all need about- to leave my mayor's name out of your mouth. She is busy being a great yeah. mayor, so I would love for her to just remain our mayor. That's my vote for Keisha. If anybody's asking, Joe, if you're listening, I'm vetoing that one. We could use her later as a senator, maybe a governor, but she needs to stay here for now. I agree. Another thing that happened last week is that SpongeBob SquarePants came out as gay. The creator of the show outed him, which we all know is really tacky. You do not out people. Apparently, TV, instead of giving us characters that are gay that we can watch and enjoy, we're just told later that SpongeBob or Dumbledore were secretly gay and celibate all along. And it's like, see, you have icons. Since that's the way it is, I wanted to go back through our known characters and figure out who's gay and who's not. So I want to suggest some people that I think are gay, and y'all let me know if you think they're part of the family, okay? Okay. We all know... Mr. Smithers, he's family. Yes. He's out and everything. So we know he's in. And then LeFou from Beauty and the Beast, we found out that he's in the family. So we got mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Then I'm thinking Snagglepuss. He's never really come out, but he's real like, exit, stage left even. Yes. Uh, the answer, I think, is straight. I think he just is pink. Well, yeah. So the name like Snagglepuss. Some connotation, right? If SpongeBob is gay, is Patrick, his starfish friend, gay? I don't think so. so. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. That's pretty gay. From Winnie the Pooh. I've always thought Piglet's gay. Um, He's a sweet little gay boy. He's like a little Twinkie. Yeah. (laughs) Elsa from Frozen. Are we on Team Elsa? Yes. I thought that was her whole story all along. Ursula. People say she was inspired by a drag queen, but is Ursula the Sea Witch a lesbian? Oh, I definitely think she's a lesbian. I always imagined her as a powerful woman with a quiet, non-married but monogamous spouse, kind of like Oprah and Stedman. A little merman of her own that she kept at home. A little demure man. A demure man? Okay. (laughs) I was gonna say she didn't have a little side piece in the movie. <laughs> she didn't have a little little something something on the side when she was filling Ariel's voice. She tried to get with Eric. You know, you're totally right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She liked Eric. Yeah, yeah. She was kind of into yeah. him. She could be bi or pan. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Exactly. She's got it going on. Pansexual Ursula. I could see that. Velma from Scooby Doo. She's definitely family, right? Yeah. We can all agree. Yeah. On. Yeah. What about Scar from The Lion King? Yes, that's why he's so mad. He was so extra as well. Super so closeted gay uncle. And he's closeted. And he's yes. not told anybody. Yes, yes. He's like a Kevin Spacey guy. Yes, like Kevin Spacey for sure. Mm. Bert and Ernie, they're a gay couple, right? They live together in mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. They were on the cover of Time Magazine when marriage was legalized. They're one of my favorite gay couples. I think they're like Ellen and Portia levels of cute. Yeah. And they've always been there in my life. Like, oh, yeah, these are my Uncle Ernie and Uncle Bert. What about Yogi and Boo Boo? Are they a couple? I don't know. I never thought about that. Me either. He's always stealing picnics. I don't know. I guess he could be. Do, do gay people steal of... picnics? I don't know. Sorry. Maybe when they're feeling sassy. <laughs> <laughs> I always got mentor-mentee vibes from them, you know? Me too. No, that's a good point. That, it feels more mentor-mentee. 
Yeah, I was going to oh. say a little bit of big brother, little brother. And you don't want to introduce anything sexual into that. That throws the power dynamics off, and that's not right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bugs Bunny. Yes. He never had a lady bunny, and he often liked to dress in women's clothing. Is Bugs Bunny family? I would say bisexual because you did have a lady bunny in Space Jam. Were they together? I thought they like were. Because many, many, they're a couple, right? Right. Wouldn't he do the awooga eyes when a sexy lady would walk by and the tongue would roll out? Didn't he do that? No? Yeah, uh, he did do that. But then he also dressed like Carmen Miranda. So I assume he's a bit more fluid than anybody imagined. True. And it's funny that you mentioned that. I was watching Disclosure on Netflix, another documentary. So good. And it was talking about trans representation in film and media. And they mentioned Bugs Bunny. They made Bugs Bunny sound like a trans icon. He looked good in a tux and he looked good in a coconut bra. That's a good point. It never felt to me like Bugs Bunny was mocking that. No, it it didn't seem like that to me either. It was more like celebratory. Sassy and free. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely got some drag in him. Maybe a little gender fluid. He'd definitely be coming to the parade is all I'm saying. Bugs Bunny is marching at Pride. Yes. Maybe gender fluid, like Drew Carey's brother. That was a gender fluid character before we knew gender fluid. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, that's a throwback for sure. We thought about it a thousand years. (laughs) Yeah. What about Peppermint Patty? Oh, Oh. yeah, for sure. I always preferred to be called Sir. Love Peppermint Patty. But Marcy, I never thought was gay, right? Like, Marcy's just her friend. Or are they together? I think they were future girlfriends. Okay. Yeah, I think so, too. Mm. And I don't know yeah. if you all watch Arthur, but Francine was definitely part of the family as well. Arthur? And I said, hey, hey, hey what a hey. wonderful kind of day. But we can learn something. Oh, Arthur. Hey. Arthur. Oh, for sure. We're going to share that on the (laughs) social. Yeah. What about Daria, guys? Because I've been watching a lot of Daria lately. I could see her growing up to have ended up in a relationship with a woman, but I also could see her with a man. She's definitely bi. She's definitely bi. Yeah. 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 Oh, now I want to watch Daria. It's a great show. Oh, my God. It's so good. It holds up. It really does. It's a lot of fun. It's a great show. Yeah. TJ's still stuck on Arthur. My lesbian friend, I love her. Very playful. She's a player. It's really great for our podcast, too, to put photos up against the camera. Again, these are the hard-hitting questions that we tackle on this show that no one else is really taking on. This has been another episode of The Funniest People I Know. Thank you so much to our guest, Sarah Breezy, for joining us. Appreciate you being on the show, Sarah. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Catch Sarah at Salty Bees Comedy. Follow her and see when she's going to be coming out next with some great comedy. And make sure to catch her vagina monologues whenever those are back on stage, maybe close to the election. We record for the Georgia Radio Reading Service. Thank you to producer Jane, who edits the show. If you enjoy the show, please review, like, and subscribe. Share with a friend. You can email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Funniest People I Know. Thank you and have a hilarious week.
Bye. 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 Bye.